week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. It's our festive special. I'm joined by Paul Parker. It's Christmas week. Parker, what fun things have you got planned? Yeah, I am. I always do. I, I, I turn into a kid. I mean, I'm never not one, but I do. I love Christmas. You know what? It's years ago when you when you were a kid or whatever, even through teenage years and then into my 20s and everything, people... Oh, it's for families. I used to think, what a load of nonsense. It's about going out and getting blitzed and, you know. <laughs> and times have changed, obviously. But it is the, the one thing I really love about this time of year is seeing friends and family more. I don't know why we do it this time of year, why we don't get together more. I don't I don't get it. So this week, Christmas Eve, I'm at the in-laws. Christmas Day, I'm at the in-laws. Hopefully Christmas Day night, I'll be at my brother's for the rest of the family. Boxing Day, I think we're having a party here. And then in between, I've got, just before New Year as well, we've got, uh, I've got a birthday and then it's New Year. A nice little busy time. Plus, it's me, uh, it's my niece's birthday this week as well. So, a bit, a bit crazy, but I love it. I just love it. And the vibe, everybody seems to be, I know you get stressed out and it's, this year's, it's difficult as well. But I, I think everybody se- tends to just sort of smile a bit more. Mm. You know, not everybody's, you know, Christian or religious in any way, but... It just feels better, and I'm one of them weird people that actually like Christmas music. Yeah. A lot of people get annoyed of it, but I do tend to avoid it until about the second week of December, so I'm all right. Some people are listening to it in August, so we're really looking forward to it. And, yeah, just, you know, just like I say, just spending time with people and going out and, and meet, meeting all your friends, that sort of thing. It's great. It's a great time of year. Favourite Christmas song, Parker? It's got to be Fairy Tale in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. It just makes me a bit melancholy, I think. Makes me think. I, think. I don't know why I'm not Irish. I've got no, you know, it's, uh, no real direct links to it. There are a few, though. They, they just sort of, I don't know, they put a smiling face for different reasons. Some are comedy, some are serious. It's just, it's different, isn't it? You know, you listen to music all year, and I'll be honest, very little stands out to me these days. But Christmas, I tend to listen to music more. I don't know, yeah, just I like Christmas music. Saddle. <laughs> My favourite Christmas song is Spaceman Came Travelling, Christy Burr. Yeah. Very good, Absolute yeah. banger for me. Yeah, uh, underrated really when it comes to yeah. the Christmas song. People talk about Noddy Older, don't they? Talk about Wizard and yeah. talk about Paul McCartney, John Lennon. You know, I think didn't Freddie Mercury do a Christmas one? Thank God it's Christmas. I think you know and, there is there's, there's some bangers out there, but I think that's mm. very uh, underrated for me. Of course, the serial Christmas songwriter in uh, Sir Cliff. Sir Cliff, yeah. yeah. It rings one out every year, I think. I don't know. It's just, it is a good time of year, isn't it? We can kind of enjoy it. Not for everybody, I understand that. And if it isn't, please speak to somebody. Just talk to anyone. But yeah, I hope, I hope everyone's enjoying themselves. And, yeah. and, and hopefully everyone can enjoy this podcast. Yeah, as that's what it's all about. Like you say, with, with friends and family, enjoying all the festivities. And like you said, you know, it's, it's, it would be, it's a great time if you are sort of feeling the burn to speak to friends and family and be around loved ones and, and share that sort of stresses. And it's 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 really, you know, an important time to, to get together and, and if you're feeling the burn to tell someone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had a an up and down year, I'll be honest. And there's been there's been times where I've I've probably not felt great. But I'm lucky that I've got people around me. People I can talk to. Even coming on the podcast, you know, midweek at some point changes what you do and your mood and everything else and every now and then you get a bit of bad news i've had you know i've had a 
a bit of it this year, and it knocks you. And if you haven't got anybody around you, I can imagine how tough it is. We, you know, I've been, I've been lower periods in the past, but having people around you and people to talk to makes a massive difference. And like I say, just even you two guys, when 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 we're on air, you know, it, it can lift you. It make, makes you feel a bit happy. It changes what you're thinking about. And yeah, so just, you know, obviously it's easy for us at the moment to say that. But anybody who's listening who feels a you know a bit down, please go and talk to somebody about anything, about the weather, about whatever. Just Get out and have a chat. Mm. Got to try and make your, your mood better now, Parky, with top five Christmas cracker jokes. How are you with the Christmas cracker jokes? Yeah, they're not, not exactly jokes, are they? Um, yeah, no, <laughs> oh, I, yeah, okay. So, if I remember any. So we'll start. First one, Parky. Why does Santa have three gardens? I don't know. Why does, why does he? I don't know. Because he can ho, ho, ho. <laughs> It gets worse, wow. Parker, trust me. That, yeah, yeah, um, okay. What happened to the man who stole an advent calendar? It's got to be something to do with 24 days. I don't know, go on. you got 25 days. Uh, <laughs> how did Scrooge win the football match? How did Scrooge win a football match? Go on, don't know. The ghost of Christmas past. Oh, I like that one. Mm. Give it a one. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, what do Santa's little helpers learn at school? I should know this one, shouldn't I? I don't know. Go on. The alphabet. <laughs> I'm glad I don't know that one. Okay. And final one is, what do you call an old snowman? Whatever you like. He's not going to be there. Water. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. There we go. So we'll okay. start with with a bit of a festive cheer for our listeners. Yeah. Parker's in a good mood now, so I'm sure he's going to be fantastic at player squad. Right after last oh. week's score of, I think it was one. Parker, hopefully this week's score better. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Come on. Okay. We can do this. We can do this. So player squad, right? Ready? Yeah. That's so on. we'll start. With Danny Addy, 2022, number 14. Appearances 14, no tries. The next one I've got is Oliver Gildart, 2015. Three appearances, one try. Was his squad number higher or lower than 14? Don't forget, you can play along at home. If you're around the Christmas tree and you're bored of your Christmas songs, you can put us on the, the Bluetooth speaker you got. And everyone can listen and everyone can subscribe and listen to me, Parky and Paul, talk all things so for Devils for the next year. Okay. I'll say I'll say it's higher. Higher. Yeah. Oliver Gildart's number was thirty-five. So you Oof, were correct. What, what Parker, that's one and one for Paul Parkin. Next person on my list is Phil Cousins, nineteen ninety-seven. Nine appearances, three tries. Was his number higher or lower than 35? Lower. 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 He's lower. lower. Yeah, correct, Parker. Two from two for Paul Parkin. It's a Christmas miracle. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. After last week's. <laughs> yeah. So Was he number two? Or number five, 97. 21. Next person on my list is Gaz O'Brien. 2017, 26 appearances, 8 tries. Was he higher than lower than 21? 
Oh my god! I'm gonna say. Don't forget, you got to switch he played, through he as well. Back, but he wasn't. He's got to switch was, through. Did he play? He didn't play. He didn't play number one, did he? Or did he? Who played number one? Oh, he didn't. I think he was higher. I think he was higher. Higher than twenty-one. Is that your final thought? Oh, you have, you have oh, a switch oh, oh, hang on. Oh no, hang on, hang on. Oh, was he twenty-one? Who was twenty-one? Phil Cousins is twenty-one. So is it Ooh. higher, or lower? Oh right, no, not case. No. Oh right, yeah. I'm thinking because he was right. I'm going to say he was lower. He was lower. Number one, Parker. He was number one, was it? He was. 2017, like according to, to Rugby League Project. Yeah. Next one. Okay. 2020, Elliot Kay. Ten appearances, one try. Was he higher or lower than one? Higher. Higher? Higher. So that's four. Four on a spin, Parker. It's unbelievable. Best. Best ever. Unbelievable. Next one. Nine levels. 2014, 13 appearances, six tries. Was his squad number higher or lower than 24? I think it was in the 20s. This is breakthrough years. Just when he scored Eddingworth at that absolute blinder of a try. Mm. His breakthrough. What year did we say? 2014. So, yeah, probably would have been around then. Wouldn't it? I'll say. Don't forget to do a switcheroo. No, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say higher. And then 24. I'm going to say higher than 24. You'd be correct, Parker. Yes. <laughs> 26. I was going to say 26. How amazing is that? On. Unbelievable. This is unbelievable. <laughs> we'll move on now to Dan Sargeson. 2022. Five appearances, one try. 2022? Mm. That's this year, isn't it? Oh, my God. What number did he play? <laughs> did he have a... Oh. Oh, hang on a minute. Is this is this out of left field, this one? Because I've got a sneaky suspicion that it's higher. I think he's got a really weird number. I don't know why I think that, because I hardly saw him this year. So <laughs> I'm pretty much guessing. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's higher. So higher than twenty six. Mm. You do have a switcheroo if you want to uh no, no, I'm going to go with it and stick with my convictions. Yeah. So the answer is Dan Sanchez's number was 23. <clears throat> Lower. But tremendous score. Five, I thought, Parker. I thought, for some bizarre reason, he had a 30s. Yeah. Don't know why I thought that. So just had a random number this year, like mm. thirty-four or something strange. But well, fantastic! Did well there, Parker. Proud of you there, mate. Did very well. And you're the you're on the you're on the lead at, at five. Paul Whiteside working hard to get near that. Oh, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Hey, he's got he's got a bonus anyway. 
he's a bit younger than me and he's got eyes that can see. <laughs> uh, he's, not, he's not partially sighted, so he'll be able to see the numbers. Bit unfair, isn't it? Anyway, I'm not playing a disability card. Let's go with it. Only when you've won, <laughs> when you've won five. <laughs> if you don't yeah. want it, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, what we'll do now, we'll do, we'll do news. So, Parky, we'll, we'll start with Hull, KR and Salford. At the AJ Bell, the club have put on an engagement opportunity for the local youngsters to get involved. Uh, very excited about this. Obviously, we talked about the club being a community hub mm. with all the clubs and, and things like this only makes it better. Yeah, very much so. The match day experience last year, we a few times we had school kids down and that kind of thing, and it does... It does add to the atmosphere. It really does. It's great to see plenty of numbers there. But it, it, it's that. It's also that chance for people. A lot of kids who wouldn't get the chance to come and watch rugby, mm-hmm. wouldn't get to see, wouldn't even know what it was about, to come down and see. And, and I'll tell you what. The one thing last year that really impressed me was I can't remember which game it, it, it was. It might have been a couple of games, but where the players stayed behind that long, that. Virtually everyone was leaving the stadium, and the players were still out there signing autographs with the kids, and and they were loving it. You know, they absolutely loved it, and the feedback was tremendous. I know people who went to that game with their kids who who don't go, and just said, "What a great afternoon!" They were telling me that what a great club, and how much the kids enjoyed it, and they'll definitely be back and all that. Whether they do, can never tell, but it's great, and that's what we need. We can't fault the club for what they do. You really can't. They can't do more than, than than this. And we just need a few more to get hooked. That's all. That first game, first home game, it'd be nice to get a decent crowd in there. So we need to get off to a good start at league. But once again, the club are just doing what they can to, to get everybody involved. £10 for adults, £5 for kids and a complimentary ticket if you could plays in the competition. It's run from 6pm till 7.30 at the AGA Bell. If you're interested, contact james.molyneux at salfordcc.ac. UK. Hopefully there'll be a good turnout there and it'll be a good kickstart for our season community wise. Talking about kickstarting, there is a new sponsor on the shirt, Muse Developments. Parky, our latest kit sponsor. We talked about the kit last week. Very impressive. I'm sure there'll be a lot of kits under the, the tree. But yeah, Muse Muse is a very good company. Redevelopment around Salford and great to have them on board. Yeah, I came across Muse Several years back in a in a in a different guise, I suppose. In my life, uh, in the job I had at the time, I, I sort of came across them, and they were a, not a developing company at that time. They've been around a little bit, but not obviously not as mature as they are now. But they've they've made massive strides. They're a big a big player in this certainly in this area, uh, sort of redevelopment and that kind of thing. Listening to what Paul King had to say about them, and you know, it it looks like a great opportunity for both. To expand, you know, our name with them and them with us, and they're, they're going to be. It looks like they're probably going to be involved in the community with with the club, you know, at all levels, and that's brilliant. It's another great, great bit of work by the club bringing in these people. The more, the merrier. And like we said, I think a couple of podcasts ago, when the club had the the, the business meeting, the you know, Club Thirteen or whatever it is, and and we were saying then about companies talking to each other spreading advice and that kind of thing. But also, it gets them involved in rugby league in Salford or whatever, and they might see as an opportunity for sponsorship there. And I know on the last podcast we mentioned about 
you know, the need for for, for our couple of our teams needing sponsors. You know, it's it's great that we're there and we, we we're getting into people's faces and companies like this are jumping on board. Yeah, obviously, big big companies, Marson involved. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it's coming us now. Parking and obviously we have local businesses involved as well, which is so important. Obviously, with the community thing, and we are a club going the right direction and being approached by these companies to to, to sponsor our club is great and it's it's fabulous. I think obviously them involved, yeah, fantastic stuff. Yeah, people want to be associated with success. Simple as that. When it, the more success we get on the pitch, it obviously helps. But, but I think I think the success we're having. Again, as I said, in, I think on the last podcast about the ladies' team and the learning disability and every, everybody else, this this expansion of not just a team, it's a club, it's a whole thing. And I think that, that helps and people want to be involved in that mm-hmm. as well. They get drawn to that. A great thing, and it's a great opportunity for them to expand their, their community side of things as sponsors. You know, they have a, a responsibility, certainly with Muse being a, a development company, a redevelopment you know, they have to engage with the community a lot anyway. It's another way of them sort of branching out and making people aware of who they are. You know, it's brilliant. It's just it's just more good work from the club. Yeah, talking about engagement with the club. NFTs and uh, fan tokens are now available. I spoke to Nenad about this on a podcast from the Red Star Belgrade. It's a bit, all a bit 21st century, 30th century. It's all the future park here, obviously. The club have put out a, a kind of a video, I think reduced by Block Sport, telling you what it's all about. Obviously, if that kind of thing interests you, have a look at that and see what you you know invest. Obviously, they're talking about giving opportunities through it. So, uh, if that floats your boat, have a look at it. Yeah, it's a bit above my pay grade. I'll be honest. I've tried to follow it. I just I don't get these these cryptocurrencies and and all. I, I, yeah. I'm probably just getting old. I don't know. I, I like to have, you know, twenty pound note in my pocket, and that'll do. But yeah, it's another thing that we're at, we're at the forefront of. We're doing something that other clubs aren't doing, and with it being alongside Red Star as well, as we've mentioned previous about about the size of that as a as an organisation, not just the football club. Yeah, it's good that we're we're on the front foot with it, and people who understand it will explain to me how it works one day. I'm sure, and hopefully, it's beneficial for us. Yes. Like I say, exciting. Obviously, if, if you want to get involved, contact the club and they'll point in the right direction what you need to do. Talking about getting involved, Touch Rugby is now an option at Salford with the Salford Devils Foundation and the NQ Rebels with a link-up parkey. They're going to play on a Tuesday night, 7pm, at Eccles College from the 10th of January. So that's another opportunity to get involved in, and keep fit playing Touch Rugby. You will keep fit playing Touch Rugby. It, it doesn't. It doesn't stop. No, that's that's good. I, I wasn't aware of that. That's that sounds like something for uh, people who are fit. Anyway, maybe maybe not me. But another another good thing, the exercise itself. But then again, as we said at the start of this podcast, by the way, about getting out and and meeting people and talking, it's another great sort of just sort of community thing, isn't it? You know, getting getting to mix with people. I'm interested in that. I like the sound of that. That'd be that'd be good to see and see what the uptake is. Yeah, great things that the club are doing. Walking rugby, touch rugby, you got to be fit. I used to always find myself at touch rugby, but it was one of them where you'd see a gap, you'd think, I go through that gap and it just shuts like nightmare. Doom, the, the gate's shut and you think, oh, no. 
<laughs> and I think 20 years on, you probably gate will open shut, open shut again before I get there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if you if you feel feel like you you're fit enough and, and obviously you want to, you know, like you say, like Parky said, you you know, opportunity to to meet new people and enjoy yourself, get down there. And other news, Paul Brogan Evans, one of our ladies were selected to play for the England Community Lions. They were due to play England DISE, but it was called off due to a frozen pitch. Disappointing, but she's had a great season and we're hoping that it gets replayed at a different day. Yeah, it's always good to be called up to, to represent, isn't it? She, she has had a great season. She's very popular within the team, isn't she? She's a, one of these key you know, cogs, if you like. Fantastic. I, I hope it gets rearranged because... These chances don't always come around that often to be, to represent your, your country. And it's a good thing for our ladies team to have these players in there to attract mm. other players, you know, to show that you've got to solve and you've got a chance. Because this year, obviously, it's going to be a big year for the girls. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. But yeah, well done to her. I hope it does get replayed and, and she can actually get out and get her boots on. Yeah. Other news, 11 years, the AJ Bell this year, Parker. A couple of weeks ago was the anniversary. Uh, there's, there's talk about our future. We've come a long way in 11 years. What's your thoughts? That's a, it's a good question, that Rob. I think that's a whole podcast on its own. Look, it hasn't been smooth. We know that. I think it was badly managed from the start. I think it was overestimated. I don't think things were put in place in time. I think it was a, a very much a rushed project to start with i think we started to make it our own i think we've we it started to become a bit more it was always going to take time you know change isn't isn't easy when we've we all grew up at the willows we all it was it, that was it was like you know that comfy pair of slippers wasn't it just love it i mean I, I still watch videos now and i look back and just can't believe it's not there you know what i mean it's mm. gone we moved we were excited we thought this is the new start this is where the money's going to come from and we were probably sold down the river a little bit with, with that side of things. There was no money in it for us. You know, on a match day, we had a club shop that had to go. We're down to a couple of offices there or whatever. That, that's always been an issue. For me, the one thing that, that never happened that should have happened and should have been done first was the transport put in place to get people to and from that stadium. Uh, I know it's, people say, oh, it's not like it was, the car park, this and the other. I, I don't drive. I rely on public, you know, transport to get to the game. And many, many of the time I have to get a taxi these days because you can't rely on bus in and one bus out. It just, just doesn't happen. You could miss kickoff. So it's going to cost me 15, 20 quid to get there. And then I've got to get home as well on top of, you know, everything. It's, that, that was the one thing that really let the place down for me. Just getting there, it's, it's difficult. And then I'm not sure facilities for the fans are the best in terms of, you know, you've got... The bar is a marquee outside. Well, it's great in the summer, but we don't always get summer weather, even though we play summer rugby. It's cold and windy. That place isn't the best place to be. So I don't know. It's got its problems, but it is better. It is, it is better now than it's, than it's been. There's some good news this year that, you know, maybe we finally get a stake in the place. We stay there. We make it our home. I think, I know we've discussed it previously through the year. I think we need to be stable. I think we need a base to stick to. And the AJ Bell, whether we like it or not, was it was initially built for us. Mm. It, you know, it was it was planned for us. So maybe if if we can get the right investors involved and 
and make it make a bit of money out of it. We need to stay there and, and, and make it work. And once that happens, then we can start looking at ways of making it easier and more fun and more fan friendly and and whatever. But 11 years has been a long time. It doesn't feel that long, strangely enough, but we, we've struggled through. And now you can see how the clubs run. We could just get a bit of investment off the stadium or a bit of money from the stadium. It could be a massive boost to the club, which we wouldn't get, I don't think, anywhere else. It's, it's the, the the big thing here, really, because I, I think, really, it's the best it's been. I think the club have, have managed to kind of work <laughs> it to their advantage now. And, and actually, the events they're putting on recently, using it the way it should be used. Uh, the big thing is whether Seb Gerrard comes in and is able to fund the club and we can have a stake in the stadium. There is no news, as we as we record this, about his plans or, or how far down the line the offer is or, or whatever. whether they're still in discussion with the club, we don't know. But we'll have to wait and see, Park. It, it's, I remember going to the AJ Bell and, and Paul King talking about the different options that we had. And the the the, the, the momentum was for more lane until mm. Seb turned up. The Paul King was like, well, we go to the AJFL and, and we do it for two years and then we're dead in the water. But with Seb, if Seb gets involved, how long is his commitment going to be? And we don't know that until he comes out and, 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 and says that, do we? So is is the risk enough to say, right, we'll just kibosh more lane and go all in on the AJ Bell with Seb if if Seb turns in. Or are we are we kind of like on a on a gondola now where we've got we've got a foot on each boat and they're just drifting out to sea and we'll have to jump at one point either way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one. I think I think the key is no matter what happens if if Seb Gerard or any other investor comes in and buys the stadium or half the stadium or whatever it is to make sure that we're secure with with a rent that we can afford, yeah, yeah. no matter how it works, you've got to pay rent. I don't care who you are, you pay rent. You know, it's never going to be that peppercorn that we we wanted eleven years ago. But to, to keep the rent at a, a reasonable level, but also to give us the chance to get some money out of the stadium to make money, because at the moment we don't. And if we can actually, you know, offset some of our rent by what we take in the bars on a match day and in the restaurant and, and whatever else, that's a massive boost to the club. Mm. If we can get a foothold, if, like I mentioned before, if, if we can get, if Sir Gerard comes in and says, look, I want Salford Rugby League to stay here, this is your home, and we can have a, you know, a club shop, you know, a, a focal point for us, so something else to help us grow where we can buy, you know, like, Christmas is here, you just nip in, buy what you need, and, go, and that money's there, it's in the club, it's got, it's, there's no sort of waiting about or anything. I think there's so many advantages to to somebody coming in, privately owning it, and and having a, an eye for Salford. Whether Sam Gerard wants anything to do with Salford Rugby League investment-wise, he's a little bit irrelevant in that way to me. We survive without him now. But if we can make money from that stadium and keep our rent at a good level, then it'll work. Because hmm. that's the important thing, isn't it? It's about sort of levels, in it, of, of investment yeah. for him and hmm. the amount he's willing to lose to get the growth we need. Because obviously, he say, yeah, we could get a club shop. Well, that's an expense we don't have now. Hmm. 
So is he willing to shoulder that for us for the next three to five years until we're generating enough uh, money through the shop to run itself, mm. really? That's that's what I think it's a situation where, like I say, any investors coming in, they've mm. got, got to weigh up what it costs to run the club now and what they have to put into it for it to go to that next level, really. Yeah, it's, it is a tough one. I mean, the thing with the, with the club shop, for, for me, that I, I don't understand at the moment is that I I know it's probably on Salford Council and, and Peel Holdings, but that shop is empty. That is a retail space doing nothing at the moment. But what, what's anybody gaining from it being empty? When somebody could benefit, whether it's us, whether it's sale, whether, whoever it is, it's obviously something to do with the charging of that short, of that space that makes it unappealing. Well, nobody else is going to move in. No. You know what I mean? We, I'm, you're not going to get some high street. I mean, high streets don't really exist, but, you know, some high street retailer going, I'll have that. It's made for retail in that environment, i.e. a rugby league club shop or a rugby union club shop or a shared shop, whatever it is. But, it's, it's literally a waste of space. Nobody benefits from it. And I don't understand what, what they get. Now, surely any private owner will come in and go, what I need is this place, boom, I want everything open. So if we've got a gym there, that's the gym. If we have a shop here, we have an office here, we, let's make use of the place. And at the moment, I don't think that happens. So we need somebody to come in with their own money. And once you're using your own money, you will make, you will make things happen. I think at the moment it's a bit of a to peel holdings a bit of a nuisance to Salford Council. It's something they I think they had to get involved in. They had to do eleven years ago. They'd probably rather wish they hadn't done. We don't know where we might be in a month's time. We might be celebrating, you know. But just give us that chance to make a bit of money. Mm. And if we can make money, I know we mentioned on last week's podcast the the three hundred grand we lost between twenty and twenty one. That could have been wiped out. That could have gone. We, we could have made money off the stadium, off selling pies and pints and some merchandise. That could have been wiped out. We could have, could have made a profit. Who knows? Hmm. And what a difference that makes. That then gives you that chance to go and buy a marquee player. Not that we need one. But, you know, or at least go and get another squad player or whatever. The, the opportunities are endless if somebody uses that vision and just comes in with a bit of money and says, right, this is what we're going to do. Because at the moment, I think the two parties who own the stadium generally have no interest in who goes in it and who plays there. Yeah, just opportunity. And I think it's just, I might say, figuring out how much you've got to put in to take us to that next level. Because we're, we're at a level now and, and you know, we're, we're doing it the community way. So it's, it's how much he has to put in to take us to that next level and is he willing to lose to make us successful? That's the question for me. But We'll have to wait and see, Park. It's going to be interesting yep. to see yep. what happens, like you said, in the, in the next couple of years. And we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about on, the, on this podcast, whatever the decision is made, talking about the club and all the, the great things that they do. The club are asking us, the fans, to send them a WhatsApp video and tell them the reason you support Salford and what it means to be a Salford fan. Great initiative. I think it's great. There are obviously lots of passionate Salford fans out there, Parker, ready to spill their hearts out. To, to the club I'm sure you and your uh, AI camera will be will be ready and willing to give the club the, the reason why you love it yeah I, well there'll be some interesting stories mine's I don't know mine's kind of a 
didn't have a chance. But a lot of people, I do find it fascinating for from people who are from outside the area. Hmm. Really do as to what attracted them to the club. Because we're not a trendy club. We never have been. You know what I mean? In terms of you, you going to Port Wigan or Saints or Warrington or whatever. What, what drew you to Salford? If you're not from Salford, why would you support Salford Rugby League Club? Now, there might be a family connection down the line. You know, great-granddad may have come from Salford. And it's just, oh, for me, I was, but it was just me. I, I had no choice. That was it. I was, I was lucky in many ways. But people have been, I've had to sort of grow to love it, if you like. I was born to love it. It's different. But people from outside the area or people who had no interest, who, who may have just stumbled across it in the in the teens or something like that, just turned up one day for a game and now they go home and away every week, buy up every bit of merchandise they can get. How did they get into it? They're the stories that are, I think will be fascinating. Hmm. I think it's an exciting thing for me, Parker. I went with my dad. My dad went, so hmm. I obviously found his footpath to watch. But for now... The reason I watch Salford now is it's it's the people now for mm. me. They feel like f- family, really. I mean, I look back at sort of the early sort of 2000s on the trains and, and the fun we had and, you know, and yeah. how we've all kind of like gone along life journey and, and we're here now with kids and, and families who are now involved in watching the club. And, and obviously me doing this podcast and, and Salford City Radio and, and seeing behind the scenes as well uh, the people who work in the club and, and, and how hard they work and sort of thing as well that I enjoy talking to them and, and seeing how much they enjoy what they you know what they do for, for the club and yeah it's all it's more about the people than, than the actual sort of the game for me I, I enjoy that that part of it we've had some glorious moments on the field we've had some really dark moments on the field but it's, it's always been about fun and fun and family mm. uh, for me yeah it certainly grew to that probably I'd say in the in sort of mid mid late nineties up right through into the two thousands, we became a bit of, as a club a bit of a farce at times. When you think back, you know what I mean. The reason we went wasn't really for the rugby a lot of the time. That eighty minutes kind of got in the way of fun, if you know what I mean. We had great days out, you know, and it, it, it was it was about friendship. And I, I've seen a quote somewhere, and it's true. I, I'd say that ninety percent of the people I now class as my friends. I only know through rugby. Mm. I got to know through rugby. These aren't people I went to school with or people that I work with or anything like that. They're through watching Salford. And some people, not even Salford fans, but people in a wider rugby league context. And it, yeah, it is, it is strange, isn't it, when, when you think about it. I mean, I was two months old. My dad and all my uncles going way back all went, all watched Salford. They were all Salford fans. And then when I was two months old, my mum got the job of the, the kit lady, the laundry lady at the Willows back in 1977. She was already working in the Willows at the time, in the actual club, but she got the job doing that. So from me being two months old, that was my... I went there every day. I was in them changing rooms every day. I grew up, I literally grew up there. You know, Every holiday I, after school, I'd go and meet my mum. That I'd be, I, I learned to kick a ball on the pitch. I mean, I, it doesn't get like... You don't get a better playground. Uh, but because of my family being involved in the club, that's how I got into it. And then, it obviously, it, it developed from being a family thing to 
to then making my way from being a ball boy to, to going onto the terrace, meeting these these amazing people that I've met, you know, and, and I've kind of modelled my life in many ways with, with a lot of them. We've all grown a lot older together and all that. But it is exactly that, what you've said. It is the, the reason I love Salford Rugby League Club is, is the people. That's that's the truth, you know. I can take winning and losing. We, we, we're used to it. It's not like I've ever seen us be successful, you know. It's... It's not, it's not a sudden crisis when we're getting relegated because that's who we are. And we tend to lurch from disappointment to crisis, don't we? But it's the people. And it, and, and the humour has always been there. There's always been this this great sense of humour. I mean, from going to games to the Scarlet Turkey, yeah. you know, the fanzine. I mean, brilliant. Probably one of the best fanzines I, I, I ever read. You know, them, them lads who, who came up with that. To, to, you know, where we are now, it's... It, it's just great. I mean, you'll you'll remember after the uh, two thousand and three grand final. Yeah. You know, we, we had our own Mad Monday. We had to celebrate together to get over celebrating the day before. I don't know how we managed it. That's probably why I'm in the condition I am now. But it was it was great, and it, that's that's what sort of rugby league club is to me, and it, it is a friendship. And it, like you say, I mean, you can look down my you know my Facebook friends. As they are, and I'd probably say 90% of them are connected to Salt Rugby League Club in some way. I'd like to hear other people's stories and, and find out how they got involved. And like I say, people from outside the area, how do you stumble into this? I, I just said there, I, I, it was just there for me, hmm. laid for, on a plate for me. But some people have to get into it. Hmm. How did that happen? And I think that's brilliant. And I, I respect them people so much. Good crew gets you through. That's a good saying. The playing side, it's it's agony to ecstasy, potholes to penthouse. It's a dram that opens your eyes that ten percent more. It's a roller coaster ride that screaming, going, going faster is just a given. We're all in it for that moment, that million pound miracle, that playoff semi final against Wigan. We've had to taste the bad moments as well, relegation, Sheffield in ninety eight, Holloway. But it's that one moment we enjoy and we all go. And at the moment, the brand of rugby Paul Rowley and the boys are playing is making us fall in love with rugby league all over again. So, obviously, if your your heartstrings are being pulled and your, your tears in your eyes listening to me and Parky talk about what the club means to you, I advise you to contact the club via the WhatsApp number and uh, give them a message and tell them you know why and how you got into the club and why you love following it and it's going to be hopefully a nice little thing the club can put together which will have all the solid tears at the end of it Parker. yeah i can imagine me getting a bit emotional actually you mentioned i think it might be on the last podcast about the shirts hmm. and the video they put together about it and he starts off at, at, at the willows as it was and the, you know and you got paul fletcher and alan grice and andy burgess there and be like the video and then the one that they did back in the 2019 was it before old trafford yeah i mean that things like that it gets me mm. that really gets me just watching it i could watch it every time and it it will get me because what the words are so not just powerful but they actually mean something to me Mm. About, and he says what I think of that club. He's basically put into context what, what I would want, love to say. So what do you, what fans say and how, why they love it, I mean, that's going to be, I don't know. Yeah, it might be a bit difficult to watch, actually. But, uh, yeah, that's that's something that, that I'll say and all about Salford fans. We, there's never been many of us, but very passionate and, and definitely very loyal. Yeah. 
if you want to send the club a, a video on WhatsApp, send it to 07493874954. Send your video to the club and you could even win a prize if it's a really, really good one. Come to the Twitter. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Do it for the love. For the love. Indeed. Indeed. So, that's all, all the news, Parker. We've got a bonus game here, Parker. Bonus. Oh, here you go. Bonus game. Because it's Christmas and we thought we'd have an extra game. And on this game, we used to play in the winter, didn't we? Back in the, in the glory days. And uh, Salford had a, had a period of time when they used to play Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. So, we've played on Christmas Eve 11 times, Parker. Can you tell me how many times we've won on Christmas Eve? Is it A, 6, B, 5, C, 3, or D, 7? Tell you we won on Christmas Eve. Now, I'm thinking that we may... That, that would have stopped. Probably, I'd say no later than the seventies. I can't. I don't even know if it was then. I don't. I don't know if they did play on, the, on Christmas Eve in the seventies. I don't remember us doing it in the eighties. So what I'm thinking is, there's a chance might have been quite, might have been all right. I'll say, I'll say we won. I'll be eleven. I'll say we won. No, I'm going to say we won five. I'm going to just going to say five. I'm going to go down that. Yeah. Correct answer, Parky was five. Was it? Mm. Correct yeah. answer. One five, lost six. Yeah. So moving on to Christmas Day, Parker. We played on Christmas Day forty times in our career. Wow. How many games did we win on Christmas Day? I would say. Which is mad, really. If you think about it, playing Christmas oh. Day. Absolutely bonkers. I don't, I don't. To be fair, I look at. I remember looking at the fixture list, and they played like mm. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. A bit mad, really. Back in the glory days of black and white I TV. Su- I suppose, yeah. I, I suppose a bit of extra money as well for them because. Oh, so, I'll give you a clue, Parker. So A ten, B twenty, C twenty-five, and D thirty. Do you have any thought process behind that? I'm th- no, again, I think that kind of thing would have gone on a lot in the 30s and probably before. Yep. Now, we were good in the 30s, so we probably won quite a few. But I've got a feeling that one of them was Leeds away and they couldn't play it at Headingley Rugby League, so he played it on the cricket pitch. Something tells me that's the story. Now, whether that was Christmas Day... I don't know. But we got to be, obviously, because it was Leeds away and it didn't, doesn't make a difference where we play them. I'm going to say, but right down the middle, I'm going to say 20. The answer we have is 10. A. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And to be fair, Sniffer Lair, Paul Hume has come yeah. up with results as well for us. Okay. Christmas Eve... Mm-hmm. We beat St. Helens 13-2 in 1898. We lost to Lee in 1904, 11-6. Mm-hmm. 
We beat Broughton Rangers 3-2 in 10. 1921, we lost 5-4 to Broughton Rangers. Warrington, in 1927, we won 3-0. Featherston, in 1932, we won 24-3. Leeds away, in 1938, we lost 5-0. In 1949, we lost 22-7 in 1949 away at Wigan. 1955, we lost at home to Warrington 24-0. 1960, we lost 15-5 to Saints. And in 1972, we beat Bradford 11-19 in 1972 on Christmas Eve. Wow. Well, that Leeds game might be that the one I was thinking of. It might have been Christmas Eve, away at Leeds Christmas Day we had uh, first time we played on Christmas Day was 1899 and we lost at home 5-3 to Wigan it took us a bit to actually win one at home we had to wait to 1906 Uh, do you want to guess on who we played in 1906 at home well I think against I think it's a local team, yep. just because it's Christmas and you mm-hmm. would. I'll say Lee. Broughton Rangers. Oh, was it? We won 7-5. We had a few goals before. You had, we think it was seven years till we won an wow. old game on Christmas wow. Day. Uh, but we played Broughton Rangers every year for about 30 years on Boxing Day. 25 years. From yeah. 1905 to 1930. Good game, good clashes. And we played Wigan for a bit and then well, we played Wigan and up until 1958. And we won a few, we lost a few, lost most of them to be fair. But super stats there for your packet. Yeah, 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 I like that. I like that. It's a strange one now, isn't it? You think back to, to playing on Christmas Day. I mean, you just... <laughs> Just wouldn't happen, would it? Now, oh, it wouldn't anyway, because we obviously were in summer rugby. But yeah, Christmas Day, imagine that saying to saying to all the family, they're all round waiting for for dinner, and go, oh, you have to wait and go to the match. That go down well. <laughs> so that's our little Christmas quiz, and now we're going to look back at the twenty twenty two season, Parker, and uh, what a great season it was. Yes, much better than, than anticipated from myself, I'll be honest, which is great. But it was, there was some really some really good memories. I was when you mentioned it earlier, I started thinking, you know, trying to get a few in my head and there was a it was a sort of mid season slump, which was obviously we were decimated by injuries. We had no chance really in, in a lot of it, but but what an ending to the season. There was some some real highlights. Some really good, some really good uh, matches this year, and uh, yeah, it was it was far more enjoyable than I expected. Highlights of twenty twenty two packet. I'll start with beating Cassaway first game of the season. Yeah. yeah, complete performance that one. Fantastic performance from one to seventeen. Completely took Castleford apart, and I think the week after we beat Toulouse, first home game, back to back wins there showed what the club was about and the direction we're going in. Yeah, that, that cast game's on my list. Um, mainly because going there, I know it was freezing, wasn't it? A horrible February night. You're going to, to Weldon Road where the welcome's never too warm anyway. 
and it was certainly cold that night. It was a big crowd, and they expected a sellout, didn't they? I think 10,000, and it was a bit, you thought it was just going to be a bear pit, and our record at Cass is, is pretty woeful. And like you said, it was it was a brilliant performance. We never felt, I never felt any fear in the game at all. I thought we were in control all the way through. A great start. I know Mark Snead had, a, had an absolute blinder that night. We, we took a lot of fans as well. That was a good thing for the opening game. But yeah, no, that was that was a, a great way to start the season. We were efficient that night, and I think I think it was more of the surprise that I expected to go there and get beat. Mm. We turned them over comfortably, and you're like, not many, not many people go to Cass and do that. I mean, you look at their record this year; they still didn't they didn't have a, you know the best season, but they didn't lose many at home. So that was a that was a yeah that was a definite highlight. Yeah, another one for me, Parkett. July and August, seven wins in that run. We beat Catalan twice, we beat Uddersfield, we beat Hull, we beat Castleford, we beat St. Helens. All playoff teams for me. And us beating them shows what we are becoming. Well, I mean, during that period, the the big one for me was the Saints game at, at home where we absolutely battered them. I, I don't think... And I said it at the time on the podcast, I don't think I've seen a more complete performance from a Salford team in my life. Mm. That was a good Saints team. And we still had, I think we still had seven or eight players missing that day. And people said, oh, Saints had a couple missing. I mean, literally a couple. You know, well, in a squad like that, you're not going to feel it. And we went out and we were, we, we were unbelievable. And that try that Brody Croft scored, where we've gone from one end to the other. I mean, he just had everything. And it, and it was a nice day as well. The sun was shining, which is unusual for the AJ belt. Brilliant. That was probably, possibly my number one highlight of the year because that was a that's a champion team that we we didn't just beat. We absolutely battered. Mm. Um, it does just doesn't get any better than that. And to top it off for me, Huddersfield playoff game away. Yeah. The whole club, the fans, the players, all at a level. Which we hope we can we can live for now on. Yeah, I've got a couple more. Go on. Uh, I've got I've got the the wakey game where we scored seventy odd. Yep. Not because it was not because it was wakey. It was just amazing to watch that performance. Once we got on a roll, we were unstoppable. I felt for wakey. They had a few players. They weren't you know anywhere near the level they should have been. And if we'd have done that to Wigan, Saints, or Leeds or Warrington, I'd have been as happy as anything. Feel a bit more for Wakey because we've been there, you know, we've been down and we've we've had a, a paste in our two like that. So, but that that was a great day because everything seemed to come off. Everything we tried was brilliant. The other one was the uh, I think our second visit to Warrington last year. Yeah. When we were we were out of the game, the Warrington fans were letting us know we were out of the game and weren't very good. And little did they know they were giving birth to a to a Terry's champ that has stuck with us since. Brilliant. To come back at Warrington that day when they thought they would, they, they had us, it's it shown what a real what a team this is. Not just not not about individuals. It was a team effort. I remember Jack Ormond having a stormer in the second half. He came on, he was but you know, back up the bench, he was brilliant. A tackle by Akawala, who's obviously left us now, but that a try saver from nowhere. That that whole ethos of we will we will win this game today. That was another a real highlight for me uh, that I, I had to mention because, you know, you just don't... 
when Warrington got a lead like that and their fans start trying to take the mick and you turn the game around, I mean, it just feels so good. But that was that, that period where I thought, we're a good team. Mm. We're actually a good team. This isn't luck. This, this is a good team. And uh, that was a great afternoon out. So, yeah, I, I had to give that a mention. What about games that got away, Parker? Do you have any, any regrets or any games where you think what could have, should have been? Not, not so much could have, should have. I mean, the, the, the semi-final against Saints is one of them, I suppose, that with a bit of luck, you don't lose Andy Ackers in the first tackle. You don't have Brody Croft injured from the game before, mm. you know, from the Huddersfield game. You've got everything to go for and you get the rub of the green off, off the man in the middle. Things like that. But there's a couple of games that stand out for me last year where disappointment was, was on the cards. The, the two old KR games, home and away. The first half performance in both of them was way off the mark. And they, the second one at old KR away really hurt. Really hurt because we just did not perform. I don't remember the stats. That only I think the forward that made the most metres for us only made 30-odd metres. In 80 minutes. I mean, that's that's embarrassing. We were so poor that day against Hull Kayaru. I think at that point, lost something like nine games on the bounce or something stupid. And we went there and just just collapsed. And then the first half at our place against them, I think we went 18-0 down. Don't win games going 18-0 down. No. That's not good enough. So for Hull Kayaru to do a double over us when we made the semi-final, can you imagine how good we could have been last year? The only other one uh, was the Huddersfield away game in the league. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole away was bad, but Jake Connor tore us apart that day. But the Huddersfield away game, we might as well not even got off the coach. I don't think we did. I, I don't remember us getting out of our half for 80 minutes. Games have got away for me. Saints away. Should have won that. Chris Hatkin interception. Getting hauled down and then a, 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 can only be described as a brain fart on the last on the in the final ten seconds and we, and we and we threw that away. Wakefield away, let them score too many tries early, ran out of time basically. Another ten minutes would have won that game as well. Mm. But the, the can't the other... dwell on defeat. Can't dwell on sort of what could have should have. It was a That's tremendous probably... season. You know we had some. Great, like I say, we've gone through the, some of the highlights there, Parky, and uh, we're moving forward. We'll, we'll gain from that sort of experience of, of, of the low, the low, the low ones, and hopefully, you know, use it to, to reach even higher levels. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, the Saints game, I didn't, I didn't put in there because what, what an amazing effort with the team we had out that day. I think, I think, didn't one of the uh, one of the academy or one of the development lads or whatever get on the bench? We didn't even get to use him. We had no players and we went there and could have could have turned him over. The other one is the Wigan game away where Morgan goes for a drop goal, which just lands in the wrong man's hands. I mean, don't give it field. Um, and he scores in the last minute. It was on Channel 4 and, you know, it was probably their best game of the season that they had on the telly. It was, it, it was, it was a brilliant performance and I wouldn't put it down as a game that gets away in, in the way that I didn't expect us to win. I know that's, that's bad on my part and that's the expectation that Paul Rowley wants to change. In my mind, never mind everybody else's, that we can go to Wigan and Saints and Leeds and win. Why not? Mm. You know, but for me, going there, you're going, mm. 
probably not going to happen. And we got close. And that's then you're walking away feeling proud. You're thinking that that's a moral victory for us. Mm-hmm. It isn't. It's no good to anyone. You don't get any points for it. But we came away from that, you know, them games. And I, so I won't class them as that. I remember the wakey game. We gave Johnson the, the freedom of the pitch, I think, in the first half. Let him do what he wanted. I mean, the most dangerous man on the pitch. But we weren't we weren't great that day. But I think we were just getting into our stride at that point of the season. I don't think we were quite there. It was kind of off the back of the Cats and Toulouse game, but before the injury crisis. But just, I don't know, it didn't work. The only other game I'll mention this year, the other, the other sorry, well, not in the game, but the other down of the, of the season, another not highlight was the opposite. What am I thinking of? Anyway, what? Was with, uh, of a highlight is a, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, was uh, the, the torrential downpour before the Toulouse game. I think a decent crowd was turning up, and I remember people turning away. And I got, I remember getting absolutely drenched. We'd only walked from Eccles Rugby League to the ground, and I was, I felt like going home. I was that wet. It was, it was horrible. And I think that kind of spoiled it a bit, and we, we started well that day, and then I think the conditions changed the game, didn't they? A bit. I know we scored. I think we scored forty points or whatever, but we could have got. I think on a dry track, we scored sixty or seventy that day. Mm. Uh, but you know that you can't control the weather. That's one thing we definitely, definitely can't control. So, uh, but yeah, not overall. I mean, what a magnificent season! The the Cats game away in the playoffs as well was really good. But I think between the the Saints. Demolition at home and the Huddersfield playoff game. Just it, it doesn't get better. Just no. doesn't. It's been an amazing season. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in, allowing us to, to talk sort of devils and listening to us and investing in, in the coffee, buying us coffees and allowing us to buy different programmes and equipment to make this podcast the best it can be. I want to thank you, Parker. I want to thank Paul as well for taking time and, and time out of your lives to talk to me about, about Soul Red Devils and, and, and enjoying it. And uh, yeah, it's been an amazing 12 months. We've we've covered so much, you know, with, with the club, the ladies' side, learning disabilities, physical disabilities. It's grown, the club has grown beyond my wildest dreams seven years ago when this podcast started. Uh, and it's been amazing. I'm looking forward to the next uh, seven and, and see what, what comes up. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's, it's been emotional. And I know, I know I go on a, I like to go on a rant and I like to uh, air my views a little bit, maybe too much at times, but it's, uh, it's just, it brings it out of me. It really does. And this, having this opportunity to talk to you and, and everyone who listens is just brilliant for me. I mean, I don't go to the pub very much anymore. And this is my, this is my sort of pub chat, if you like. This, this is what I do. You know, and I love, I love talking sort of rugby league and rugby league in general. And I like the, you know, I love the fact that you guys and everyone else is willing to listen to me um, every now and then. Whether it make any sense is a different matter, but, you know, got to try. But uh, no, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Another year over. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're all looking forward now, aren't we? More optimistic. I think after, you know, 2021 20, 20, uh, with Richard Marshall and everything that went on that year, I started last year on a downer, or this year, sorry. I didn't expect an awful lot, and they over-delivered for me. They, they gave me more than I could have ever wanted. And let's just hope this year is a year of good news, 
give us a just give us a bit of luck, give us a chance, and uh, I think this club is going to go a long way. Yeah, I'll tell you, we thank we thank the club, we thank the visit we interview, we thank Foundation lads and everyone who who tunes in. Like I said, thanks for all the the Kofi sort of donation. You want to buy me Parky. And Paul, coffee to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, then, you know, that it would be much appreciated. But it's been amazing. Big thanks for everyone for tuning in. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I wish everyone all the best for the, the festive period. Enjoy yourselves. And I can't wait to see you all again when the friendlies kick off. Yeah. So big thanks for tuning this po- po- podcast from The Devil in the Detail. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you in 2023 for more Soul for a Devil's Chat. <laughs>